We had some prescient words already on Tuesday from our guy, Tim Jenkins, who joins us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. You know, you talked about having a pocket that would allow him to use his eyes to manipulate the defense, to be able to take that hitch, to be able to scan the field, and I'll be damned if from early on in the game he didn't get some of that done. Yeah, I mean, I think if, we, if we're if we being honest, I think the one thing we learned is that someone's definitely listened to, listening to our segments. Yes, right? we were, we've been joking we about said, that. <laughs> we said, hey, what do you need to do against this Washington defense? And what you had to do is you had to take some deep shots. And let's be honest, that's what we did, right? We ripped a couple of backside stops. But by and large, we were taking shot plays, and they were working. At, a, at, a, at an insane clip. So to me, the big thing was, hey, we were able to protect him, right? I think the only thing that I'm truly disappointed about is the lack of connection, right? It just felt like him and Mooney were a step off. But if it's other than that, I thought it was a solid game. I thought it was a really great game plan, too. I think for all the times I've come on here and been. Oh, Cylons got Tim Jenkins? Or was it that baby that was in the background? It might have been a baby. <laughs> we'll reestablish and we'll get back to talking with Tim Jenkins about it. Yeah, there's definitely a little Jenkins, I think. Do you think that, like, you know how coaches and sometimes, you know, former White Sox general managers have burner accounts? Do you think that, what? I didn't say which one, Rick Hahn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you think that in the same way Luke Getzey He's like secretly like an actual P1 listener to the score. I, I like, do know. you think he actually does use the the Odyssey Rewind? I don't know. I mean, there, there it was... would be hilarious if he was. And well, I mean that in the best possible way. If he's like, you know what? These guys are mostly wrong, but occasionally they say something that sparks my brain and gets me to do something. No. No? I, I don't think that's – it is possible, it's unlikely, and improbable. We have Tim Jenkins back. But you were saying, great game, things clicked, we did what they wanted them to do. Yeah, I think, like, to me, I, I, the, the thing that I was super impressed with, too, was the game plan, right? Like, I come on here, we all criticize Getsy, and I think it's important to, when they do put a good product out there, to say, heck of a job, right? Because the reality is the concepts were there. We ran Justin in a creative way, too. That was the most creativity I think we've seen in the quarterback run game. So to me, I don't know how a Bears fan isn't excited on Friday. Plus, you don't have a Sunday to dread because we already won on Thursday. So you got a free weekend. The offensive line, I thought, played incredible. I thought they 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 kicked butt. What did you see on film? Yeah, they. I, I, thought, they, I thought the O-line held up really well on pass pro considering who they were going against. Right, I think that was our big concern, wasn't it? Hey, you come in here, this D-line can get after us. If they're going to get after us with four, we're going to be in trouble. The reality was is the defense started getting after us in the second half, and why was that? To me, it was because they started heating us up, right? It wasn't because they were getting home with four anymore, which to me is a good sign for the Chicago Bears offense. If we can hold up against four-man rushes to where we force people into pressure, now we create those one-on-one opportunities, and I think – um, any talk about DJ Moore not being a bona fide number one was hopefully uh, calmed down last night. <laughs> so what happens now? What, what's the next thing? How can you take this success and make it matter when the Minnesota Vikings are now watching this film and saying, oh boy, okay, we can't let this happen. We have to allot resources over here. What's that going to open up for them? 
we have to be ready to we have to be ready to attack the formation side. What I mean by that is three by one, right? Three receivers on one side, DJ Moore backside. How many times did we see us hit DJ Moore and then he makes it a big play? You will not see another rep of a backside one-on-one matchup for DJ Moore in the next two weeks. Knowing that, knowing they're going to have to dedicate a corner and a safety to his side, we have to be ready to attack front side. To me, the way you attack front side, put Mooney in the slot, put Cole Komet as the number three receiver, so the guy closest to Justin Fields. I don't care who's outside as number one. Run him on the clear. Let Mooney go ahead and run some middle reads where he's either vertical or on the post. It's less of a timing thing, like we saw some issues last night, and it's more of a see it, throw it, and then let Komet work underneath some of those 10-yard kind of stick routes where he can feel it either turn in or turn out. And then that's how you're going to attack these defenses the way they're going to have to be structured. And then at the end of the day, once they start kicking into too high, don't be afraid to run Justin. If you do that, I I honestly think I I don't say I don't want to say roll because you really shouldn't roll anyone in the NFL. They have a really good shot at going and beating Minnesota. Then all of a sudden they're two and four and you keep making a run and things could get special up there. I there was a moment last night where I was like, let me try and think like Tim Jenkins would think. And it was I forget which touchdown it was. But the Bears ran a, a receiver up the seam, and the, yep. the safety cheated. The safety's eyes cheated towards that receiver, and it left DJ Moore open in the corner of the end zone. I'm like, Tim Jenkins would be so proud that the Bears hit that, and he'd be so mad at that safety for not doing his responsibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you do that as a safety. It's like you lose track of DJ Moore is the craziest thing I've ever heard of. But what I will say, too, is that formation was exciting. Because who'd they have all the way outside? They had a running back, and they ran him on a hitch. Guess what? We're never throwing that. But you still have to have a defender out there, right? Then you have DJ Moore in the slot, and, and we do what's called a slot takeoff. So really, we switch those two routes. Traditionally, the number two receiver is the guy on the stick. The number one receiver is the guy on the go. We flipped them, bumped DJ Moore inside. You lose track of him because you got Mooney pressing the, pressing the seam vertically real hard. And then all of a sudden, it's like an easy touchdown. And remember, that one's third and – I want to say it was like third and 14, right? We're sitting there yes. thinking, hey, Bears are going to get out of here with three. Never mind, another six, right? So to me, it was like those are the kind of things where I do think we're starting to see Luke come out of his shell a little bit. And in reality, I, I almost think like to a degree, Luke is sitting here saying, okay, I'm done with this where I'm not putting this product on tape anymore. I'm going to kind of let Justin sink or swim. And if we're learning anything, we're learning that Justin's going to swim and we're learning that Luke might not be as bad as we thought. Um, it is unfortunate that it took us four weeks to get here, though, right? Because it really started against the Broncos, and now it's carried over. But to me, it's like, let's just keep this thing going. Keep, stay innovative in the pass game. Stay creative with how you're going to run Justin. And let's see, if we can, let's see if we can kind of rip some off here and see where we're at if all of a sudden we're, we're in the chase for that wild card spot. Because yeah. there's some success here for this offense, how – how do how does Justin and and Getsy how do they stay on the same page? Like how what are the things that Justin will think about this weekend and say? All right, like look at what we did in both Denver and in, against Denver and in Washington, and let's keep doing that. How do they they stay hot and stay with what's working? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Justin just has to keep telling Luke, "Listen, you can trust me to let this thing rip down the field," because that's why they're successful. You rip the ball down the field, you scare a defense into too high, and then you can start running the ball effectively, right? The, as long as they feel like they can live in one high and, and man you up, you're going to struggle to run the ball. But I also think, you know what they have playing to both of their advantages? They've got number two outside who scares the hell out of everybody now. 
right? Like anyone who didn't watch DJ in Carolina now watched him on Thursday night and realized, okay, yeah, this guy's an absolute dude, right? So to me, it's like people are going to be so scared to run man coverage against this team that they're going to be forced into more of those soft shells, those two high shells. And at that point, I really think this Bears offense can thrive. And then you can start getting to the really sexy stuff like RPO where, hey, we're going to read that Will Backer that's Apex. There's a lot of stuff that comes from all of this that's really exciting. Um, we're not there yet because we're not getting those defensive looks from a structure standpoint. But I'm telling you, with the matchups that we're putting on tape, there's going to come a point where a defense just doesn't have a choice other than to start to give us that RPO game and that QB run game. It's interesting that you talk about them them playing the shell because isn't two-man also an option if you if you're not against Justin because but, now you got people turning their back to him and he's gone yeah but 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 you they're not gonna do that every time though I mean the temptation is gonna be there because I remember it was the when the Bears were working it with Olsen and with Brandon Marshall I want to say that it was the Packers were very successful in in showing them a variation of, of zone looks and two man yeah I think two man is Something that when you look at it, kind of what Lauren said, where it's like, it's run it at your own peril, right? Because it's one of those things that you're dead on, Dan. Four out of five times, QB's not going to tuck it and run it. But that fifth time, it feels like from an end of just watching the yeah, NFL it's, perspective. It's 30 yards it's, of that. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's third and 16, right? It's like the backbreakers, <laughs> where it's like you get the sack on first and 10. Okay, second down, we ran the ball. Third and 16, all right, let's go two-man one more time. And that's the one that all of a sudden your fan base is like, are you kidding me? Two man against Justin Fields? What they didn't realize is we ran it on first and second down too, right? Like to me, those are the kind of things though where those could be the potential backbreakers for a defense. I do think even two man though, you with the personnel the Bears have now, you know, Brandon Marshall, he's a true number one. You got to play him outside. DJ Moore, he's a true number one from the standpoint of he can play X. But, hey, what did we just talk about? His touchdown reception came from the number two spot. He can go play F. He can play a modified Y. Like, this kid, to me, it's harder to go two-man because two-man is really great at really bracketing those outside guys. And, like, yeah, sure, the safety can then drive the middle read. But your one formation of getting Mooney outside to where he'll take the roof off the defense, safety has to play deep, DJ Moore bends it in, and then it's not two-man anymore. It's one-on-one. Right now, sure, he won't make the explosive because he'll get tackled by that deep safety. But there's ways formationally for this offense to still win if they do go two man. But man, if we got to a point where we're coming on midseason and we're all talking about, hey, what are the Bears two man beaters? Like, I just think that would be special, you know, because that's what people are saying for the Chiefs. Right. Like, hey, how are we going to say we got to go two man? So to me, it's like if that's where this Bears offense gets. I think we're going to have a lot more exciting plays, and then we're going to talk about, like, hey, Justin had a couple of gash runs when the defense turned on him in critical situations. Um, And I just think we just got to keep pounding it one thing at a time, which is continue with the current game plan of let's block it up, let's take some shots, force them in a soft shell, we'll hit them with RPO, we'll hit them with QB run, and then once they really get soft with two man, I just think at that point, like, we've already got them. Tim, I've always been kind of lukewarm on Cole Komet, and I I think it's probably because of – expectations like I I did want the Bears to draft him Um, I was very much in his corner when it came to that but once he got to the pros I'm like you know what he's a little bit more limited athletically than I thought he was going to be that being said I think that there is a, a an effective role for him and I feel like over the last few weeks they've started to discover that 
How can he be most effectively used? Yeah, I, three things. Like the shallow that we saw, saw him score his touchdown on. Let his big body get across first in the red zone. And if he's open, take it. If not, guess what? DJ Moore, you know, Mooney, they'll be running that. We call it the back line where you're running, you know, two yards off the end of the end zone, the other crosser, right? That's number one. Number two is you get him involved in some of those deep sit routes right over the ball, but you let Mooney or Moore attack the safety to where the safety's got to either jump way back and take away the home run or he's got to drive on Komet, and then we've got the home run, right? That's the second way. Third way is what you saw on that QB sweep where he, you know, he's not, he's not, hor- it's like, it's like this fine line. He's not, in my opinion, physically gifted enough to really run like corners and posts that would stress like a nickel, right? Like Travis Kelsey can stress a nickel. Komet can't stress the nickel, but he's super athletic from the standpoint of, I'm going to go ahead and sell like we're running basically ISO with our running back. And then I'm going to peel out and lead Justin. So those are the three ways you can use him. But now let's take it one step further and say, you know, the play where we faked running back and then Justin spins out and he's on QB sweep and commits leading him. The next variation off that is you run that from the eight yard line and Justin, right? Oh, we're acting like we're running power. Boom. I peel out of there. And guess what? Komet, instead of blocking that linebacker slips him and he's wide open in the back of the end zone. Those kind of easy touchdowns that come off creative stuff. That's where I really see Komet's role. And I think he's one of those guys. I don't think he ever goes eight for 100, but I think we'll see some stat lines where it's, you know, six for 42 and three of them are touchdowns. You know what I mean? Because we have so many gimmick plays that we can use with him to generate wide open red zone targets. The numbers tell the story on Cole Komet right now. I mean, obviously he has an extra game on some others, but even if you look at, say, a metric like fantasy points per game, He's the fourth-rated tight end in football, and the guy the guy ahead of him is Travis Kelsey. Here's what I'll tell you guys about fantasy is I'm the worst fantasy player of all time because I draft, like, four actual positions. I'm like, hey, I want a quarterback with good leadership, right? I want to – you <laughs> yeah, know, I, want, no. I got two running backs. Here's what I'll tell you, though, is you know who I did draft? DJ Moore. And I'm telling you right now, I got a text from my buddy about, you know, 4 o'clock Colorado time. He's on the East Coast. The poor kid woke up devastated, right? It's already over for him. So to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm the happiest guy today breaking this down because I'm just smiling watching DJ Moore gash him last night. No Bears receiver has ever had that kind of game with over 200 yards and three touchdowns in the Super Bowl era. The last time it happened for the Bears was 1954 when you know what's Harlan crazy? Hill did it. Probably what's over. crazy to me, too, is it could have been bigger. If, if Justin and him connect on that stutter go, right, in the red zone, yeah. that Justin barely overshoots him, I'm thinking to myself, like, this, I mean, he could have had 300 yards last night, right? Like, it just, like, it was special. But, hey, that's what he can do if you play him backside one-on-one. And there's not that many guys in the league that you can truly say that about. Of If we get you backside one-on-one, you're in trouble for over 200. And, and he's one of those guys, and I think it's, it's great for us to have him. So maybe after a day where Justin rests – He gets some body work done. Maybe he has a steak tonight. What do you want him doing the rest of the weekend before he comes back into the building? I don't think he eats meat, does he? Oh, that's right. He doesn't eat meat. Before he has Uh, a nice piece of fish. Nice piece of tofu. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if it's the tofu. It's just probably the lentils, right? You're just pounding the lentils. I thought that he went went pescatarian, too. (laughs) Oh, did he? I thought that that, that he he went pescatarian. So a nice piece of fish. Get him a Salmon steak or nah, something like Wachinungo that. Wachinungo a la Veracruzana. Either way, <laughs> nice once he snapper. has his weekend where he can kind of enjoy himself, uh, Tim, what do you want him focusing on for the next game? 
I want I, I want to see continued timing from the footwork because what I will tell you is I still don't think the footwork is perfect. I think the right foot back is still too ambiguous for my liking. With that being said, it seems like it's here to stay. So what I want to see more of is, hey, we're hitting that back foot ready to rip it versus that slight reset. I want to see him continue that from a physical standpoint, from a mental standpoint, keep staying in that zone where he's attacking with the football. The reality is, is we need him to hunt with the football. He's doing a great job of it. The last thing I want to do is see him get back to where he was week one with the checkdowns. Keep attacking with the football and we'll live with the results. Fair enough. It's so nice to have Tim on after like things went right. Right, and he, oh, and, he yeah. and after he gave the actual menu of what they needed, of what what had to be done for them to succeed, and like I thought when they missed on that one early, I thought, well, damn it, it's going to be one of these nights that they're lamenting these missed opportunities, and then they run one play, and then they they, they chuck it down the field again. I mean, just the like you say, the kind of effort play calling mentality was there to be seen. I think it was great. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie, guys. First and foremost, twice in a week truly special right i enjoy it and then and then to come on after a win this kind of a little change of pace you right. know we don't yeah. have to be so down we can be there's a little bit of excitement you yeah know? there's like there's some joy dinner i might be telling miss jenkins hey get ready because we had a good night you know and then the youtube views are going crazy you never know we might be able to order an appetizer so listen i appreciate you guys you guys are all time all right <laughs> let her supersize the order Please. tim it's all good come on you say we whatever do, you want yeah we might do a little grilled shrimp on the side or something what i do know is hey i still need those headphones because the airpods are still tearing me up so you guys I, I still need you guys to get on that i need you guys to make some make some calls for me all right we can do that thanks tim <laughs> see you fellas